Welcome to the Configure Price Code podcast. My name is Frank Sohn and I'm the founder of NoCPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Quote, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. My guest today is Matt Gorniak. Matt is the new CEO at 3Kit, a cloud-based visualization platform that has received 30 million in funding as of today. Matt has been a board member and investor in 3Kit since January 2019, and he is also a co-founder of G2 and was previously with Salesforce, Steelbrick, Oracle, and other. Welcome, Matt, to the CPQ podcast. Hey, Frank. Thanks for uh, having me. Hey, I'm super excited to have you. I think you have been uh, connected with a lot of very successful companies, so really an honor to have you on. Uh, but my introduction was kind of short, and you have a lot of business experience in different roles. So maybe it would be good for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, if there's anyone out there, uh, to uh, tell them a little bit more about your experience and what you did before you joined 3Kit as the new CEO. Yeah, no, certainly happy to share so basically, I had a uh, career in sales and tech, but I met Goddard Abel in 2003, and we bumped into each other, and I was working on a project at GE. Um, I was rudimentary involved, which was trying to, this is GE Medical, which was trying to solve what later was called CPQ, a very daunting project, essentially. How do you help thousands of sales reps Provide a you know provide a solution and a quote, and from then when I bumped into him, his vision was, why don't we do this all in the cloud? And that that was Frank before it was called the cloud. It was called you know not even on demand. I think it was called ASP model. Hmm. And because back then people were shipping CDs, they were shipping all sorts of crazy stuff to distributors, to reps, client server on the laptops, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I thought it was a brilliant idea not knowing how hard it would be because the original customers were pump companies and you know, manufa hardcore manufacturing companies, which in hindsight was probably not a good vertical to start with because either great customers of ours are wonderful people and they're thought leaders, but our industry just doesn't move at the same pace as tech. But we cut our teeth on it and grew that company to about 400-some employees, which became Oracle CPQ. But... Um, I got hooked on that, 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 that premise of really we thought of it also a bit of as e-commerce because the difference between that and e-commerce was to us internally versus external. And a little side story, Frank, I don't know if many people know this, but the genesis of Big Machines, this is prior to me joining, was actually Goddard and Chris Schutz, the, the co-founders, wanted to build an Amazon for machine products. So... That was 99 when everyone's trying to start a website to sell goods on it. And the back end was CPQ, by the way. So the, the original business plan was to be a marketplace. The second, then the pivot became then CPQ. And then um, we started G2, basically going through the process of scaling big machines and growing big machines. We were surprised that there was no information on software technology now, we were getting sizable enough. We were buying tech ourselves. So it was basically trying to figure out, like, what is a good email marketing tool, dev tools, and you find yourself with no user information. At the same time, TripAdvisor, Yelp were growing really fast. We used them ourselves for our travels. So we decided to provide that to the software world, which is now G2, which 
is the largest software marketplace in terms of reviews globally. So that was a lot of fun and um, actually quite different from big machines. But we learned, I learned a lot there in terms of marketing approach, marketplaces, um, modern SEO and so forth. And it was a lot of fun. And then also, this is sort of not no longer chronological. We we took our expertise and replatformed that. Well, we met a founder named Max Rudman, who is a genius in his own right, who built a CPQ tool on natively on Salesforce, geared for the software market. So that was about 2013, 14. Um, and we then realized, whoa, the software market is different from manufacturing because you have renewals. It's high. You know, high, essentially high frequency in a sense compared to you know ordering a large machine um, in a sense, and there was a gap and a market need, and that then became Salesforce CPQ. So that's sort of been the um, my background. That's fantastic. I mean, that's one success story after the other, right? So we will talk about each and every one a little bit more here. Uh, the first one, let's maybe start also with uh, G2, since that's a very popular platform also for CPQ reviews. Why did you decide uh, to leave that position there and join 3Kit? Yeah, I mean, I haven't quote-unquote left. I'm, I'm an advisor, but yes, operationally, I, I have now focused on 3Kit. But, you know, G2 is doing really well in a sense, providing value, um, especially in the current challenging information. It's a real good place to go and find solutions and help you uh, navigate through through COVID and, and all these challenges. And also it's digital first, right? So it's the place to go. And I will say it's it's done really well helping globally. So it wasn't so much me leaving is so much um, we just announced our successor or my successor, by the way, I meant to say, his name is Mike Weir, who came from LinkedIn, who was a big part of LinkedIn's growing their um, advertising solutions, and so, our marketing solutions, I should say. So the goal was to scale it to a certain size for me and then bring in a successor that will take it to the next level. At the same time, 3Kit, uh, which we already had um, invested in and I was on the board, started to accelerate fairly rapidly. So it felt like the, a great move in terms of coming on here and, and helping the company scale. Hmm. And when you think about this right now, I mean, what are the first things you could use from your G2 experience and apply at 3Kit? Well, it's really interesting you say that. Um, I, I see some similarities that are really like second level up in a sense. Um, with G2, what we learned is that there is a digital trust component, right? Because... G2 is a purely digital experience. You're, you're comparing as a buyer one product versus another, another service. Now, the alternative is a trade show, obviously. So you go press the flesh, meet someone, and get a pitch. And so there is some trust in that or lack thereof. But in digital, in digital, obviously, you're not speaking to a person. So how do you establish that? So we found that high-quality reviews with capturing the... Um, The identity of a person, that person may not disclose who they are, but but G2 um, knows who they are, so it can you know basically do a lot of QA on um, shenanigans that may be going on. So anyway, there's a there's a thing called digital trust. With 3Kit, actually, it's very similar. It's very, very different, but very similar in a sense. Because when you're online or in a CPQ situation discussing a product, what are you really getting? Right? If you're getting a quote with line items that are sort of indescript, hard to figure out. 
if you are looking at a product that is 3D picture perfect, what you're going to get, you're going to start sharing the digital trust. That means that the customers will transact with you faster because they know what they're getting. So that's kind of a, a, a thing that we learned. Um, we're bringing over here that that conversation from G2 to 3Kit. Excellent. Love it. Uh, but before we jump too deep into all these topics, right? So I want to ask you a question that I ask every guest here. What do you like to do if you don't work? Ha. Ah, so that's funny. Um, so the recent current events, COVID, if you will. So I grew up in Germany in a town by Karlsruhe, which no one's heard of uh, unless you're from Germany. <laughs> and it's the Supreme Court there, which, again, to our U.S. listeners, probably pretty meaningless. But I did not grow up with a basketball hoop. So my basketball story is a very innocent one. So all of a sudden, I find myself in the suburbs, and my house came with a basketball hoop. I've never used it before. So I have time in my hands. There's no commute, no travel. So I'm starting to shoot some hoops, as I would say now, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm starting to hit a couple, and I miss, obviously, 99. I miss a couple I hit. Now I'm having the golf experience. A couple swooshes, I'm hooked. So for three months now, I think my neighbors are wondering what I'm doing. Um, Given my age, I'm basically out there in the evenings for like 45 minutes trying to hit those hoops. I got um, this app, This app. I don't know if you ever used it, called um, Home Court, which mm. also is a cool tie into 3Kit because, not at all really, but it, it, it videos you on your iPhone, your shots, and it gives you like all sorts of stats and how you're doing. Pretty cool stuff. So I'm hooked. And so the funny part is I talk to my friends now. They're my age. And I'm like a five-year-old kid. I'm like, hey, Frank, have you played basketball? Do you like it? And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. But so I'm going through my American journey now uh, at my age, and I'm loving it. No, basketball is, is a lot of fun. I, I tell you more about it another time, but I spent a lot of time on this too So uh, because my son is also playing at uh, high school basketball. Uh, but anyway, before we spend too much time on this, I think our listeners are probably more interested in learning about the visual, uh, the visualization, and hence also the question for you: How did you get interested initially in in visualizing the product? Because I think when you work with Oracle CPQ Cloud or initially big machines, that didn't have a visualization component, correct? Um, kinda did actually. It actually did start there, Frank. So mm. we would go in. Um, We would go in to customers, and you're thinking now like a compressor, right? A um, um, air compressor, industrial applications, a pump, uh, a power generator that would be on the building. And at that point, no one really expected you to solve this. But when we presented this miracle, which was a quote or a proposal, which again at those times was amazing because you could generate a hundred page engineering specific document with the mouse click. So that was pretty, pretty cool. But the question did come up, can you visualize it? And at that time, obviously CAD's been around forever and CAD's doing miracles, but CAD's not really the tool to do it. So we tried to experiment with it. Um, we we kind of had some early approaches. They did some of it, but they really weren't, they were not prime time. There was something to show um, but not something you would go to market with. So, so we kind of, you know, pause that. Again, no one expected that to be solved. At Steelbreak slash Salesforce, initially we were focused on software companies, so that topic did not come back. But at, towards the end, when I was at Salesforce, we expanded rapidly into other products, and so that topic started coming back again. Which is how actually we met the three kid team was a project where. 
someone wanted to dimensionally configure a um, outdoor shed, if you will, right, where you have a garden shed. And then you engage, I engaged with that topic again with Godard, and we're like, whoa, that makes sense again. All the gears clicked in, and then we, we found this next generation platform, and we're like, whoa, this could be the future of 3D AR, basically, um, the missing link in this whole process excellent and i bet you have seen this also now especially with COVID 19 right the demand has risen even more uh, so hence the next question for you is also what is the most exciting part for you being at three kit at this time yeah no thank you for that I, i would say it is it is being able to help help the buyer and help the the vendor and you know when you talk about examples of let's say furniture which i want to talk to in a minute that's one thing But when you're talking to, let's say, medical companies where, or one example is a company makes dental drills, you know, as well. You, you know, I, I know the country's opening up, but but um, before that, they needed to buy supplies. You couldn't visit the dental, the, the offices. So the ability for them to order exactly what they want, that the dentist that is, a picture-perfect drill, if you will, that they can see, touch and click make that life easier, which in turn helps all of us, that, that kind of makes you feel good. Now, obviously, there is a host of other examples, furniture, a lot of people are shopping for that. There's, it's a very hot uh, industry for us. Um, in that case, obviously, we're, we're, we love that we can help the furniture industry bring their products, frankly, anyone, to the customer's living room, right? Um, but I think the, um, the medical side was pretty cool. And are you currently working mostly with B2B or B2C companies? Frankly, both. The, the company 3Kit was born in B2C. So it, it, your classic, really cool. And by the way, that's super high, def, like high fidelity requirements. You're talking suits. You're talking, and then you think of fabrics. I mean, mm -hmm. jackets to be able to 3D or render a jacket with its creases and the fabric to be picture perfect, that is super high-end uh, requirements, if you will. That's how the company was born. Jewelry, watches. Now, I will say, we started exploring B2B starting last year, and with COVID now, B2B is, quote-unquote, fully engaged in digital transformation. So the interesting thing from a visual perspective, actually, is that while a B2B product is co more complex from a what it is visually actually um it's it's much easier to automate it out of the box because there's no fabrics typically it's metals plastics and those are those are what they are so in some ways visually it's easier to do um slightly more complex on the product complexity but a perfect fit and again these b2b vendors are catapulted now into their customers saying hey i can't meet with you you meet me where i am And now it's all about e-commerce, whether that's CPQ plus visualization to make it more collaborative, whether that's, you know, B2B e-commerce, whether it's B2C, many want to do it all at once. Um, so it's very interesting times now. If you need to know what's happening in the CPQ world, have a look at our monthly CPQ Circle subscription. It has a state of CPQ, industry trends, news, tips and tricks, and an event calendar that shows CPQ-related industry events eight months out. Try it today, you won't regret it. Go to NovoCPQ.com, look for services, and then select subscriptions to sign up. 
And do you focus on specific industries or geographies right now? I mean, from a geography perspective, we follow the the, main, the producers, basically. That's usually what happens, right? Or the major markets. So we are global. We have footprint US. We have footprint in Europe and local teams and also Australia and ENZ. And, and so we're, that's kind of that. Um, and obviously, we, can, we expect that to continue as we grow. From an industry perspective, it's been, if I showed you our demo reel, it, it goes from consumer products like Ciroc bottles that are visually configured by us for like party packs to a forklift to medical instruments to um, couches and furniture to so anyone really making a I wouldn't even see just a capital product a product they want to sell and by the way our customers I think it's that's a testimony to our platform we we have customers that are literally like six people in retail selling One, we just close custom candles. So it starts like that, all the way to um, a large suit manufacturer that has us in hundreds of their stores in an iPad as an endless aisle. So I would say anyone that sells a product wants to express it in a whole new way is, is fit for us. And have you seen any specific trends in the last three months since COVID-19 appeared that you can share with us? Yeah, I think... Kind of building on your prior question, I would say the what we see is the companies that were either born digital, if you will, to use the moniker Frank, you know, mm -hmm. or or sort of early digital in their distribution are doubling down for obvious reasons, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're a, a furniture company and you have you're very digitally advanced. You're benefiting right now, just to pick on one example, right? Yep. People are sitting in their living rooms, and so that's that. And then the other natural uh, byproduct is we see a lot of catch-up happening. Um, what we're hearing is basically, A, that's something that people expect that that behavior will stay. And the other, obviously, concern, and hopefully that doesn't happen, is what if there's another wave? Are you ready? You know, Are you using this time wisely? So we're seeing the acceleration on both. And... Again, back to the other question, we're seeing that in B2B as well, which we quite didn't expect. I think I think COVID was like a glacier. I'm sorry, uh, this, what I meant to say is, this disruption was happening for a long time. I think a lot of us have seen it, but now it's like the glacier broke off a piece. It just, now it's it went down, it's happening. And how big is the three kid team now? I think by the end of last year, you had 75 in employees, but how much growth has three kid experienced since the company received the funding money I mentioned in the introduction? Sure. So we actually had a round before. So we had a round of 20 million in November, which was Shasta Ventures and also Salesforce Ventures invested. Prior to that, we did an inside round for scaling. And so what happened is we got up to about this employee size by end of last year. And then so far we, you know, we raised that round and we haven't touched much of it at all or anything really. So in this case, we're focusing on, so we haven't really added much uh, this year because we're focused on our playbook, which is um, streamlining internal processes and efficiencies for mass scale. So that's one thing um, I think a lot of companies I miss, I think, given the size. Yes, it's about going after the demand, but also it's about the internal processes, getting them ready for scale. So that's kind of the, the part we're on, you know, by our playbook. Now, what is we're fortunate for us is we have a very strong balance sheet and 
we have also the resources to accelerate when we want. Excellent. And I see that a lot of uh, CPQ vendors now partner with you, right? So, and I guess uh, on the e-commerce solutions as well. Was just wondering, what's your plan going forward, especially uh, with relationship to CPQ vendors and e-commerce vendors? Yeah. Our vision, and I'm going to use an ish because obviously it's always slightly different, is like a DocuSign-ish approach. So we think DocuSign, if I remember the, the early days, obviously has done something pretty amazing. They have made e-signature something that stands up in court, that people use to do company transactions, real estate transactions, and so forth and so on. So a lot of domain expertise to get that going. But from a workflow, it's pretty narrow. Now it's since expanded with CLM and all that, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm just saying from a pure e-signature. We're very similar in that sense that the domain expertise, the, the, the magic, the The, the experience of the team is very deep. So we are a very deep field, but from a workflow, I would say pretty narrow, meaning CPQ does what CPQ does, then it calls us, we do what we do, and then we push the data back and on you go with the CPQ workflow. Same with e-commerce. So this really lends itself, and we have really deep and well-documented APIs. This lends itself for a basically partner strategy that is quite broad, and that's what we're pursuing. And frankly, Frank, um, it's not even all that predetermined. It's customers are calling us, they want this. And then they're like, oh, I have a system here like that. Please integrate. So that's frankly where, where that strategy was born out of, where we had to make the APIs really scalable. And now we're realizing that that's kind of our, our vision is the DocuSign for 3D uh, AR. Excellent. And I think what I see with customers right now is that they are also looking for changes faster than ever before, right? So one component of that is to have off-the-shelf integrations with various packages. And was just wondering, especially concerning e-commerce packages, if you offer anything uh, standard APIs with Shopify, Magento, and other, or off-the-shelf integrations with Shopify, Magento, or others? Yeah, so we offer them with Salesforce products, um, Salesforce integrations, Shopify, Magento, SAP Hybris. Um, on the CPQ side, Salesforce CPQ. Then we have um, Aptus, Infor, Berenia, and probably a couple more that I'm missing, truthfully. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure because I, I hear that more and more often it seems to become almost a quasi-standard to have a connection to 3Kit, right? So, But tell us in your own words, what's an ideal customer for 3Kit? Yeah, no, that's really interesting you say that. I mean, ideal customer is someone who wants to meet their customer. They want to bring their products to life, basically, and they want to meet their customer where they're making their decisions. I know it sounds really high level, but but the, 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 the challenge me answering the question is we literally have a, a big SMB market of retailers that sell products that they want to sparkle, and it's a 10-person operation all the way to these B2B complex manufacturing companies. So it really is a desire to, to here, here's the way to think about it. Before 3Kid, you really can't, when I say express your products, you're limited on, on let's see, in commerce or CPQ to what you can present, right? And if you don't know how to express it visually, most com customers, like let's say a forklift, right? What options do you want to offer on the web? All of them, how mm -hmm. are you going to do that? Usually you have a picture, one forklift and one configuration, and then there's some, you know, descriptor, descriptor with options you can get. 
So it's pretty hard for the customer to understand. So most customers demand more now. So if you're in the mode of saying, hey, I want to give you everything picture perfect, then you're a prospect for us or someone that we should talk to. Excellent. I think um, that makes sense. Now, one question that was always important for visualization vendors was uh, how long does the project take? How how difficult is that, right? So uh, has that changed also in the last two years from your perspective? Yeah, in a big, big way. The, the integrations are not that complex anymore. I would say the integration really is more determined on how much the customer customize their own instance, if you will, right? So if you use an e-commerce engine or CPQ engine, if it's, you know, there's that, but usually they're not that custom anymore. The APIs are straightforward, so that's now easy, I would say. The 3 kit engine automates a lot of the visualization, so that's, I would say, quote-unquote, easy. What is fascinating is that compared to CPQ Frank, for instance, you don't have to do all the products at once. You can pick one product, start there. So we do projects in weeks now to, to, let's say, get a pretty complex project going. could be weeks. It's a matter of scope. And keep in mind, when you visually show something, this is not CAD. You're showing the options that you want to sell, not all options you can do. So that's the other thing that's really advantage with visual. You're scoping it for, for the customer's eyes. So you're talking weeks. That's excellent, but that also brings up a question, especially concerning maintenance of the products, right? So because if your team sets up all the options initially, customer doesn't need to do much. But if customers want to maintain the products themselves on an ongoing basis, what do they have to take into account from your perspective to be successful at that? Yeah, our vision, and actually we already do this, is we have partners help deploy. So our vision is customer self-maintenance. We have customers maintaining themselves already. So we build an admin platform for that purpose. And obviously, we're making it better as we as we grow. Um, the, the admin platform really is the key to this. I think in this 3D market, a lot of approaches are, are, are by hand. So if you're basically pick a, pick a vertical front, what product do you want to talk about? Furniture or uh, forklift medical? I don't know. Let's pick one. Yeah, furniture. So furniture, you basically, if you want to express yourself on your website, on CPQ, let's say you, you also sell office furniture through a, through a rep or channels as well. The way you manage this currently is if you want to visualize it, you do it by hand. So these are all a lot of time models done by hand. Well, you're not going to do all of them. You do a few. So you're back to the same problem as a picture. What picture do I show? Okay, take the white one the white couch or the white, you know, workstation, and that's the one. So, okay, fine. So you manage that in an Excel sheet somewhere. So what we bring to the table is, and um, some of those manufacturers, I guess that's my point, have 3D already. They, they model it by hand, have a modeler do it, but there's nowhere to manage it. So actually, what we bring to the table is not only what we do, but it's a place where you can now store and catalog those, those, those changes and those models. Let me give you a specific example. So our goal is for self-service, but another beauty is by arranging it logically, let's say you've got thousands of couches and, and probably a million configurations visually between you know the colors, the fabrics, the, the legs and wood and whatever, right? And now you come into play and you say, we want to add one fabric to this couch or to this whatever. 
Mm-hmm. You go into three kit, you add that fabric, and now it propagates to the entire chain where it makes sense. Visually stunning and visually perfect. I mean, it's a game changer. Once you see it, you realize, wait a minute, that is very, very elegant and a lot less work than basically current state. So our goal very much is self-service, but I'm trying to draw a bigger picture. It's not just about self-service, it's how disorganized the data is right now anyway, as well. Then let me ask the last question here. Is, uh, I guess you probably also have all the remaining events for the year uh, as virtual events. Are there any highlights that our listeners may want to know about? Yeah. Um, so yes, we're moving virtual. We're going. We're really focused on more webinars that are going to be specific. So yes, please follow us. Follow our LinkedIn or our um, on LinkedIn and Twitter because we are going down the path of telling the story and the solutions by industry and by use case and problem solved. So what we're finding is, in essence, there's so many cool use cases for this by vertical, by industry, I guess, and by use case that we found that to be the best medium. So kind of like mini webinars, like something like this, Frank, yeah. where we're kind of explaining customers. So yeah, if you follow us, you can, um, you can, you can listen to those. Perfect. And the very last question, if any one of our listeners has any follow-up questions for you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Pretty simple. If you would like to um, look me up on LinkedIn, Matt Gorniak, or send me an email at matt at 3kit.com. Perfect. Matt, was very uh, uh, exciting discussion. Thank you very much for taking the time to do that. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone. 